Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And uh, I'll be honest, Scott, I had thought for the last three, four days, however long it's been, uh, what the intro was going to be. And I got to the show, and I still don't know what the intro is going to be because... There, there are a lot of things that I want to say. There are a lot of things that I'll probably end up screaming, tirading about during this show or otherwise. But, well, I got it up on screen. I'm not going to leave it there that long. But everybody by now who's listening or watching this probably knows what's going on. Uh, and that's going to be, obviously, the bulk and the first topic of the night. Uh Rather than leave this depressing message up, that's why I was testing some other things, is I'm switching to this overlay so that I don't have to personally look at the <laughs> the announcement of the death of the Transformers TCG. So, uh, Scott, like I said, I'll probably end up monologuing a lot throughout this. So, before I start doing that, let me Thank actually you let you... Well, <laughs> I was going to kick it over to you because I will end up rambling and going in circles as, you know, everything, well, as I usually do. So let me kick it to you. What? I, I don't even know where to begin, to be perfectly honest. I guess, what What was your first reaction? I mean, I don't even know what to ask at this point. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was extremely upset. Um, I had just finished a match in... Uh, in webcam with somebody in the UK because <clears throat> it was early in the morning, so it was easier for us to to, uh, to play at that time. <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. No, he's actually in, uh, he was in Australia. Actually, my bad. Um, so it was like 14 hours ahead his time or something like that. Um, and then I saw somebody post in our Discord, and then I went to the. Uh, the website or whatever, and that was it. And I was pretty upset. It, yeah, I, uh, I actually didn't know it happened, which is weird. It's one of those moments of well, where were you when? And uh, I, I was working, and then I picked up my phone just to like check the time or something, and I got a text from you that said, "Call me ASAP." And there were a bunch of things that ran through my head of what that call me ASAP meant. At no point, even after you told me, my first reaction, and I mean, I don't know if you remember because obviously it was emotional at the time, but like, my first reaction was like, this is a joke, right? This isn't actually happening. Somebody's just, you know, it was some other facebook thread by some crazy person that said oh well because of this absurd thing that this is happening right obviously it turned out to be true and it was very much i mean you dan and i were on a conference call and we all just kind of sat there in silence for what felt like hours (laughs) i think it was 15 minutes i don't know it might have been a solid 15 minutes or just us kind of stammering to each other saying well, I mean, what, why, how, that sort of stuff of what next, what it, it, I'm doing it now, stammering and stuttering about it because it still weighs so heavily. It's still 
such an incredible shock that it's come to this. Uh, the statement that Wizards of the Coast put out, I think, was as tangible and as articulated and as, I want to say, detail-focused as they could, but obviously it was just very much, here are the facts. And, I mean, that's just the way it is, I guess. You, you know, you you can't expect a company that large for something like this, or really any company for that matter, to say much more than they did. And given the nature of what they are stating is the reason that the game is no longer continuing, I can't fault them. You know, like those are legitimate business struggles. Those are legitimate business hurdles. It still sucks. The communication or what happened? No, I mean, what caused it to to fall apart? Uh, I mean, that's all. That's conjecture. What we're in, we're in we're in conjecture land now. There was nothing in the statement, in my opinion, that said all that other than COVID happened. Uh huh. Well, I can say COVID happened for a lot of things, but well, yes, but that's why I'm saying that it, I feel that that's a in the grand scheme of things, that's a legitimate excuse for exactly what you just said. Everything's dealing with that, and there are casualties. Mm-hmm. Both. No, not and that is no way don't anybody misunderstand me there's no way that i'm making light of the situation but from a business perspective there are things that you know businesses are not going to survive certain product lines are not going to survive and unfortunately the transformers tcg is one of them mm-hmm. uh i it, it's funny, I was talking to Jackie, my wife, and uh, I told her on Monday it, it felt weird because I personally didn't, I don't know if it was just shock, but it very much was, all right, what's the next step? And we'll we'll get into that later in the show. But I was very focused, or maybe that's my own, call it coping mechanism of, all right, dive into details, work a little bit harder, and then we come out the other end of things hopefully better. Uh the last day and a half or day or so, it's definitely felt different in, well, whenever Gen Con comes back, whenever PAX comes back, what what are those going to be when it, the, the last few cycles have been focused so much on this? And it's, it just feels very different. Um, I'm going to keep rambling, Scott, so feel free to jump in. Like, this, this is the, I, I, the I mean, commiseration we have, part. We had topics sketched out. We had a, so, I mean, like, we can talk about... Well, yeah, it, I, this is very much the the commiseration segment, yeah. I guess. So, uh, if we want to move on to something more concrete rather than me rambling about yeah, it, we, we certainly can. can. We can commiserate. I mean, it's it's just that... Um... I think it's it's allowed for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think people didn't understand that, like, you don't, you don't get on here and have a weekly podcast for hours. It's it's more than just this. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think. I think this was almost a secondary, if not primary, job at t- at times for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Not that it wasn't for you. Just well, no, times. I I get yeah. you. Um. And. You know, for. It's a shame to be blindsided for it, considering the relationship that I thought was built up over time. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure that early on... How do I say it? Like, I don't think that... My immediate thought went to like replaying certain conversations that I had in my head and replaying certain actions that I had. And it was like... So, okay. It brought me back to... Uh, and I'll never forget this. It brought me back to the World of Warcraft Nationals, whatever year that was. Okay. I, I want to say it was like eight or ten years ago. Whatever year WoW died. I don't remember what year that was. I think it was 2013. So it was, okay. you're talking like actually the year that it croaked. Yeah. So I remember going to Nationals. And so the, the last set had not been released yet. Right. And... But because I was the head writer, I knew, like, all the preview cards that were going to be released because we had to divvy them out and all that. Yeah. So, like, I knew most of the set ahead of time. So, like, all indications to me were fine. And then we get to Nationals, and it's like, and Nationals was always in Vegas. And it was like, here's all these computers set up where you can play our new game that we all kickstarted. It, it was Hex at the time. Yeah. We all kickstarted it. Right. And it was like, why is anyone talking about the new set that's coming out in like two weeks? Like, why is this happening? Yeah, some red one flags. Of the, one, of the, one of the prominent singles dealer, probably the, the most prominent singles dealer, and the guy that ran tournaments on his own and all this other stuff, he had a huge party up in like his suite, like three bedroom suite or something ridiculous. Um, and like the head of the company was there. And like, it just was like you like all those signs were there that it was ending like you didn't promote it at the event even though it was an event for wow right you had all these computers set up to push your new thing out the door which wasn't a which wasn't a license that you had to own so it was more profitable for you and then you went to a party with a bunch of players and you thought that was okay like to me yeah that's where my head went was like did i misinterpret signs that were there and did, did, like, was there underhanded things that were going on? Like, I, I like, you know, what was the tone of the conversation that we've had with people just so focused on Titan Master's Attack because that was the last set that was going to come out? Like, but I, don't, I, like, I don't think it was that situation, but there was, in the beginning, a few minutes of that type of thought. I think that's natural. I don't think that's... It, it... I don't know what adjective to apply to it, but I'll use paranoid, even though that may not apply. I don't. I think that's human to go. Well, did I miss something? But I agree with you because I've had similar thoughts of we've we've been very fortunate to to be able to speak with so many all the members of the Transformers team on multiple occasions, in person and on recordings. You know and. I did basically the identical thing at various points this week and said, did we know and didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I can honestly say I don't think so. I don't I don't believe that there was these red flags that were waiting. I mean, and we'll get into this of, uh, right. Right. of what the reasons behind a lot of this went or what we're, we're assuming are the reasons that it happened this way. So I guess to some extent – we could have pieced all those together, but 
I mean, going back to the Wizards of the Coast statement, without specific circumstances that are happening in the world right now, we'd probably be talking about the next set right this moment instead of what could have been. I mean, yeah, without the situation, we, I think we, Gen Con would be this week. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we next week, remember. So, yeah. like, we'd be... So, I think now that it's happened, and we will get into this, I can see where things went wrong that caused yeah. this. Right. From a... From a... From a fault and no fault. There, there's both sides of the situation here. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into that, but... um. I mean, I bought a collection on Saturday. Yeah. So, like, if it, like you know, I was not not all in the whole time. Like, so you know, exactly. If any, and and the real sad part for me is that this and everything, all the work we've put in for the last six months, um, specifically the last six months for a reason, um, was an escape from all this. Yeah. And to, and to understand that this still caused this despite the escape is almost like, again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to minimize things, but like, it's the same story of the rest of the world. No matter what you do, it still goes to crap. Yeah. Because certain things aren't being done correctly. Right. And yeah. it's like, that's the point. And like, this was an escape for that. And now it's the same exact thing. So like, it didn't matter. Yeah, it's one of those lessons. I mean, it's one that I've learned repeatedly in a number of different circumstances over the course of my life where you can work really damn hard at something and it still doesn't it's not a fairy tale. It's not a Disney movie. It's not right. it's not going to all be sunshines and rainbows at the end of the road. And uh that's you know, it is I thought what it is. I thought the company had enough strength in itself to both from the Hasbro perspective and the Wizards perspective, to yes. not have this happen. Right. This is not the first game I've played. Like, okay, I, the first game I played that actually went away as I was playing it was WoW. I played a lot of other games that I chose to not play anymore because the writing was on the wall, or the writing was on the wall that it wasn't going to get me bigger, or the writing was on the wall that it was eventually going to fail. But they won't. But the only Wizards. I, I stand corrected. I did play the Wizards of the Coast Star Wars dice game, like the dice card one. Young Jedi? No, that, that was still deciphered. There was one that came out that were like right around Attack of the Clones. I know what you're... T- I can picture it, yeah. but I don't remember. Yeah. So the issue there was that it never really took off as much, but like even after I quit, they still came out with like three more sets. Hmm. And like I was writing for Wizards at that point and like everything was still fine. Right. And then stuff went went to crap, and then and like all that, but like still more came out when I quit that. This was this was only the second game I played like actively that like went away as I was playing. Yeah, I've been so, through. Oh, good. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, finish. But I've been no, through like a that, few over like, time like that, where you chose to get out of them, or you got out of you were at, well, in there. I played the a lot of them where. They were essentially secondary games because at the time I was playing Magic. So it was, you know, I just flat out didn't have enough money to play that Mm -hmm. many, like, multiple card games. Most people don't. So it was, oh, well, I'll collect these cards and I'd love for it to get bigger because I want to play this game. But Magic is the one that right now there's actually people playing. So I couldn't, Mm -hmm. like, 
I didn't have the the finances to jump ship or, or try and have both ships. So I've Spoiler, had a f- that'll come up again later. Yeah, I've had a few that went out from under me and sunk. Uh, some that just kind of withered on the vine, like you're describing, where either I was partially into it or by the time I got to it, it was already too late sort of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm... <laughs> my wife is making jokes in uh, in chat that we do nothing... She and I do nothing but play dead card games, and I have a basement full of cardboard to prove it because I got into them too late or they were disasters. This was... To reiterate the point, and I think where you were going with it, Scott... I don't yes, if you take a step back and hindsight is 2020, it's like, yeah, okay, I get why it went down the way it went down. But I don't at any point or I did not rather at any point think that it was going to go down this road night. Maybe that was a fairy tale, but I really did think that it was going to weather the storm or if they had to do something drastic, it would be will we're going to put everything on hold for X amount of time sort of thing. And they would work something out because like you said, the, the organizations involved are Titanic, which I made that analogy when we were talking about this offline and maybe it's not quite as apt. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Maybe it, maybe it is or it too <laughs> appropriate. I don't know. Um, but yeah, well, so I think, so I think we can, I, I mean, I think we can keep going on this path. That's, it's not really helping anybody, mm-hmm. but like, I think I think the point you brought up there is a good one to probably start with because I think it'll explain things. Yeah. Because I think, and I've heard this from other people. I've heard that I've heard this from people not involved in the game, just asking me as friends that knew I how involved I was, like my non-gamer friends. Yeah. The exact thing you just said. Why couldn't they just put it on hold? Right. And I think the reason for that is because, again, the center of all this is the global pandemic going on right now, and you have to be as dumb as the people in charge to think that whatever was canceled this year isn't also going to be canceled next year. And so, and we can talk about specifics now or we can talk about whatever, but, but that to me is why it's not put on hold because I feel like How whatever they that hold is right, on, right, like, right. And I, and I think that's the big issue. Right, I think that's the issue. Yeah. I agree with you there and it is something that I mean, as you put it, people outside the game ask, well, why wasn't that path chosen? And it is one of those business decisions where you do need to take a step back and think about, okay, well, it's not just, we'll put this in the freezer and we'll pull out the leftovers next week. That's not how this works. In order to keep the company afloat, in order to keep parts of the company afloat, that sort of thing. I don't know the numbers. We never have known, but... Obviously, it started to go down a path where it wasn't sustainable in that sort of time frame. Well, let's let's talk numbers. Yeah. So the numbers we do have publicly available are that it's been in the top 10 games per quarter, like whenever a set has come out. Yes. I can also tell you that I'm, I'm pretty confident that the set is either sold out or selling very well at the distributor level. Yes. Um, so you, but, you're not selling me on why it had to go away then, because I think exactly, that's... Yeah. Exactly. That's, and that's, that's what I think people need to understand. And then I can tell you that from a singles perspective, it's selling perfectly fine, even now. Um, Which, so, yeah, that is a little odd, but yes. <laughs> um, 
So none of the indicators that we have publicly are going to say anything. I think what's not being stated, though, is, and what people need to understand is, every cost that you have involved in something like this, it's all, it's all corporate finance. So it's all like, it's cost, 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 cost until you realize the gain. So whatever the runway was, say, to put out a set six, is I don't know how long it is, but it's probably, it's somewhere between six and 12 months before a set comes out. You start to do whatever you're going to do with it. Right. And all those parts of whatever you're going to do with it have a cost. And so they looked at the runway for 2021 and said, I'm not going to get any reap any benefit from whatever is going on now. Yeah. So no matter when a game gets canceled, there has been work put in that is now, unless again, unless you're being scummy, like in the wow example, where you put out a set and the next day it gets canceled, which is exactly what happened. Yes. But more like a month, but like, you know, like, like that. (laughs) It was close enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because I got to play with the cards once, so I remember like a little (laughs) bit. Um, So unless you're going to do that, there's always going to be a certain period of time where you, everything you did up until a certain period of time was, is gone, some cost. All the R and D, all the car design in the situation, all the, the, the people that work there, all the meetings with Hasbro, all that stuff stops. And you choose to cut it off at a certain point because if, if your point where you're actually going to make money just keeps moving and moving and moving and moving because up, there's no conventions. Up, so what's the reason for somebody to buy a new set? Like, yes, everybody bought Titan Master's Attack because I don't know. They thought that we were not going to be in this situation for all of 2020. But if you really think about it, like we are, yeah. So like, so like, but I, you, I have to believe that their numbers from a macro perspective across the board on all games have to be down from a paper perspective, have to be down. Of course, yeah. The digital perspective, I'm sure, it looks like a vertical wall to some right. extent. But we're, for everybody out there, clearly we're referring to paper. Right. So if you can't use the paper in ways that, I mean, there are ways to do it, but in the large supported ways to do it in any game, I have to imagine you're selling less of it. And if you project out, like, okay, just using examples, like, okay, uh, five less people bought this set. Well, probably 15 less people will buy the next set, et cetera. And now you project this out through all of 2021, the profit margin has to to stop. And the, the, the costs continue and stay literally the same or higher based on, again, like there could be, I don't know, increased production costs because of COVID or something like that. Like it could be like, you know, I mean, production yeah. could, they do produce the cards physically in the United States and obviously right. pending local government or state government or right. whatever government restrictions. There are a lot of factors that play in. I mean, the game is already delayed, right? I mean, like both games, magic and wow, yes. both delayed a month. So, I mean, there's obviously delays going on across the board. Right. So again, so now you're moving the point of, where I can make my money back on all this other stuff, you're moving that back at least another month, like at minimum every single time. Of course. And that's only going to get worse. So 
I, I don't think it's anything that we can, I, I really honestly believe it's about projections. I mean, and it's it, about the world situation and projections. It logically makes sense. Um, now, you mentioned a few things in there specifically around the word that, and for everybody out there that is used to us talking about card game strategy and, and card evaluations and things, this probably sounds maybe a little boring, but it's, it, it is the topic of the day, obviously. And the word I'm referring to is profit there. They, they did state in the release, I guess, the press release, I, I don't know what it officially is called, but that it was growing. Presumably, we can infer that it's profitable still, but it, it, this is another one of those that I'm saying it, you and I know it, we've talked to other people that have been around card games long enough that are aware of it, That, and this goes for other stuff too, it's not just card games, you can be profitable and still not be profitable enough. Do I get to use my analogies now? Well, that's why I was setting the segue up, Scott. I knew it. I was waiting. To, I thought you were going to do it when you were talking, but go ahead. Explain to the people why, if if trans if the Transformers TCG is profitable, why could they not just continue being profitable? I mean, obviously, assuming that we don't just lose everybody. I have two examples in layman's terms that I thought about for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought about them on the fly originally, but I, I haven't refined them. But I'm I'm happy with them. Okay, so say McDonald's is having an economic downturn, COVID, whatever reason. I don't know if they are having an economic downturn for COVID. I doubt it because whatever. But say they were. So all the big wigs at McDonald's sit around a table and they say, we're losing money. How do we get out of this situation? And one of the options is like, no one comes to the table and says, well, every time the McRib comes out, it makes money. So let's bring back the McRib. Or every time the Shamrock Shake comes out, it's profitable. Let's bring back the Shamrock Shake. Like, no, because those things are maybe profitable, but they're not the money makers. The answer is, how do we improve the fries? How do we improve the hamburger? How do we improve the chicken McNuggets? Because this is everything we make money on. To be and fair, there are a lot of things they could do to improve their chicken McNuggets, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> 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 it's all white meat now. Um, um, it's none of that gristle stuff anymore. Um, God. Yeah, that, that's bad memories for me again. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. So, because that stuff, if you get it right, if you get it right, will allow the company overall to stay afloat. And that's exactly what happened here. Like, we're the Shamrock Shake, we're the McRib. Everybody loves the McRib, everybody loves the Shamrock Shake. I don't love Shamrock Shakes, but, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, when they want that, they go, they go and specifically get that. But every single time you go to McDonald's, it's just not what you think about when you go there. And that's exactly what's happening. I'm pretty, like, that's, in every situation like this, this is what happens. Um, whether it's, you know, corporate, whether it's anything like, like, that's why like, you know, car companies in times like this only make like whatever the main cars are, or like, you know, a jeans company will not like, you know, a clothing company will only stick to its main brands Yeah, and things like that. Or like, I mean, just take an example, like when I go out to eat now with my mask on or outside, yeah. look at the menu, look at the menus you're dealing with. They're super pared down. Because there's people are 
good. Like restaurants will do this. Restaurants should do this more often, but they definitely are doing it now where it's like, you can only get these core items. It's exactly like that. Like no one doesn't like that thing that like, you know, the, the special of the week, but like, it wouldn't be the special of the week if it, if you was making enough money all the time. Right. And that's exactly what's happened here. It's like, like magic and D and D are where they make all their money. And so even though you're profitable, it doesn't matter because, and then my other example is, so say you're going to open a lemonade stand and you pay a dollar for, uh, I think, a countryside lemonade and it makes 20 cups and you're going to sell them for 10 cents each and it costs you a dollar. Well, you're profitable by a dollar, right? You're even profitable by 100%, but it's still a dollar. Yeah. So, like, being profitable means you're bringing in more than you're putting out, but, like, it doesn't mean you can live on that because there's other costs that go in and it's really really difficult to spread your costs so precisely in a company of things like the building the internet that you're using up the phones that you're using up hr all like all this other crap it's really hard to monetize all that stuff of course and so unless you're unless you're like making just so much profit that it's impossible to ignore and your growth is so obvious like it's just not enough to sustain yeah i mean when we had talked about it on offline aside from amusing <laughs> analogies aside uh mm. it, it does boil down to that technically a dollar and one cent mm -hmm. is profitable over the dollar spent so the, right. the, the definition of have, being profitable stretches really far because the mm -hmm. range is enormous, obviously. Uh, and that, to your runway uh, analogy earlier, and I don't want to shift away from this if, if you don't want to go into this no, next no, topic no, yet, no. but um, if the profit from the game prior to all of the real-world nonsense was not significant enough to give them a buffer and we can start talking about where the that buffer may have been shooed into so you're making the dollar one over your dollar mm -hmm. yes you're profitable and if you save that and you're very frugal with it and you make sure that you're as you said you're spending it precisely where it needs to be great but it doesn't take a whole lot to then disrupt the whole thing because suddenly you're in the hole when anything goes wrong. If the projections say you're going to be in the hole. And the reason for right. that is because the game, the game chose, they chose to gain new players. And I'm not saying this was wrong or right at the local game store level at the convention level. Mm -hmm. And neither of those things are allowed to happen right now. Yeah. Uh, Chad has a couple things I'm going to throw in before we keep going. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't believe the team had anything to do with the game ending. Yet. That, I saw that earlier, and I apologize I didn't bring it up. I agree. I I mean, we have nothing to go on, but it doesn't appear at any point that <laughs> clearly Drew and Matt probably didn't want it to end, et cetera. No, they would have no. kept it going if they had the option. But the, the recent question is, so Transformers was doing fair, but we needed to do unbelievably. I don't know if we needed the Michael Bay movies giant $1 billion check that came in. But it is something that, and I guess this kind of does segue into where we were going to talk about where some of the missteps happened. Uh, 
where you can chew through some of that bank because of things that didn't quite pan out as we all hoped they would as us players as well as the Transformers team. Well, the other thing I want to quell are the conspiracy theories against Wizards of the Coast, where people think they make games in order to, like, kill them so that it kills an IP and then magic continues to, like, go up. Like, I mean, that is just dumb. I mean, like, you know... You, you beat me to it, but go ahead, Scott. Take the reins on that one. I mean... I could see that if you didn't have like employees working for a specific brand and wasting their time doing that. So clearly that's not the case. It, um, if you want to say yeah. that they don't put enough effort and emphasis on non-magic at this point, non-D&D things, I agree with you. Yeah. A five-man team running a TCG seems very difficult to me, especially considering they're running all aspects of it. Yes. Um, so I could agree with that point, but I don't think anything is, quote, intentional. It doesn't really make much sense to actively kill your own moneymakers. <laughs> like, right. it just doesn't... I mean, I I guess like all good conspiracies, there, there's some kernel of truth, which is realistically what you're describing, where yeah, there might be some truth to they could put more weight behind some of these other projects. But as soon as you start to do that, I think you're not profitable. And that's where I think the question that the person asked would be true, that they had to be even more profitable to allow that to happen. Right. Yeah, it has to be, it can't be linear or it shouldn't be a linear relationship between those two things. You you obviously always want to have the money you're bringing in be way more than what you're expending. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. If you throw more resources at these sort of projects, whether it's the Transformers TCG or any of the other dozens of games that people will surely bring up, uh, the fact of the matter is they don't just come out of thin air. You need to pay these people. You need to pay their benefits. You need to make sure that your other vendor relationships are intact for all these things. And those, again, don't materialize off trees. So... My concern with this one, like I said, is it's not a company that I thought this could happen to. Mm -hmm. The the COVID but, scenario you're talking about, that they would have been able to try, ride it out? I mean, just as, lo as long as the game was profitable, I didn't think they would allow this to happen to a product during this, because I think they will yeah. lose customers regardless. Well, I, I um, definitely said that offline where I've... I was surprised because, again, we don't know the exact, and we never will, I, mean, I assume, the exact relationship between Wizards and Hasbro and how these certain things out. But what I usually pitched offline was I had thought this could have become, you know, it's Transformers marketing, like grand Transformers, not Transformers TCG. Uh, that obviously is not the case based on the fact that it went down this route. But um, to well, your two point... But two of the mobile games I played that were Transformers were allowed to die. So clearly, I don't think there's ever a relationship like that. Right. I think there was a stronger relationship here. It wasn't just go use our IP and, and just ask us what you want to do. Mm. But like at the same time, I don't know how much more it was than that. Like there was obviously meetings that happened. We've heard about that. Things like the mercenaries, things like that, like that happened. And there was a strong relationship between the two subsidiaries. However, at the end of the day, they're like, I don't know. I'm trying to. It's it's like, it's like you're good friends with this person until they ask you for money, 
Like I, I don't mean yeah. I don't mean I don't mean it literally. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't want people to think I mean it literally. Like I don't think they went to them and said, "Please, Hasbro, give us money so we can stay alive." Mm-hmm. I don't mean like that. I just mean it as a, as a pure example. Like, yeah, we're real, yeah, I'm close to that guy, and then you're like, uh, okay, I guess something happened in their house and something happened bad. I'm still kind of friends with that person, but like, I got to distance myself from it in a way. Like. Mm. That's their problem. Like, I can't really deal with it. I don't know. It's a bad example. I'm trying to think of something off the fly, but like, <laughs> sorry, um, I can't rescue that one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like that. I, I just, uh, I think, I, I've been involved, but well, not involved. I've seen what Hasbro has done with the Transformers brand more over the last two years than I have anything else. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn. To be honest with you, I didn't learn a tremendous amount about how the trading card game thing works because I've been involved in that for 27 years. So I didn't learn a lot there, but I've learned a lot about how Transformers and toys and man-children operate. <laughs> and, you could have got that from uh, trading card games, Scott. Like, you, uh, they're there more too. Here, more here, way more here. Um, and so, not the card game players. I mean, the toy like I've just seen stuff in the toy fandom that's just unreal to me. Yeah. Um, that that they 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 don't always uh, like face everything head on. They they don't they ignore a lot of what goes on. Yeah. So, um, I think they're willing to do whatever as long as it's helping them. And then when it's when it, when it, when the chips are down, they don't always step in. Like, yeah, you know, let their Back to the Future toy sell for thousands of dollars on eBay because they didn't do that right. You know, like, things like that. Like, there, well, that's an entire discussion in itself. <laughs> when we get into the toy realm of like, yeah. how do you, how are you this organization and still mess these things up? But like I said, right. that's another discussion. But if we're if we're on the subject of mistakes or missteps or errors or however you want to label it. Um, I think there's a number of examples that you could call out within the scope of Transformers TCG and going back to the runway example. Again, I think there were just some some hits along the way that uh, even if they didn't happen, I think COVID does this to us in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it certainly didn't help. And if it wasn't COVID, maybe some other less disastrous catastrophe or less catastrophic disaster i don't know um maybe would have put us in the precarious position as well do you think that's the case i believe in 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 this next section that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. i have four main things written down okay and i believe if things would have progressed the way that they were unless the next i mean if you assume no covid we have another set probably almost like next like by now i would think. i mean maybe yeah because we wouldn't have had the delay so we probably would have been getting it around now maybe announced at gen maybe, con yeah yeah maybe maybe come out of gen con so like i mean obviously so it's really hard to say a lot of this because like it, it, it would have we would have seen so much more but i believe if they were if they stick to the schedule of three sets a year and we will get to the other things in a second but three main sets a year with or without whatever happens at SDCC, with or without what happens as periphery things, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
I still think we are having some form of this conversation mid-2021. Because I think, I don't think that it was growing, unless, unless like the tidal wave situation or third party people came in and were able to continue to run events um, or attendance at things took off. I don't, I still think we're having some form of this conversation just probably a year to a year and a half out. It's possible. I mean, again, without the, the specific numbers, we're of course speculating because yeah. they did say that things were growing. Things were, you know, and again, we're inferring the profitability there, but it goes back to all of the analogies of how, exactly how profitable. When I think back uh, and Scott and I have talked about this a lot on the show where all the games we played and all the variety of different companies and different approaches and the size of events you can, I mean, just bluntly, I've been to PTQs that were twice the size of EI. Mm -hmm. I've been to PTQs that were three times the size of EI, four times, you know, like whatever. Pick an arbitrarily large number and that was the, the multiplicative factor for this. And I agree with you that if we didn't see come Origins, come Gen Con this year, that instead of having, what was it, like 50 or 60 was last year, if we didn't have the size of EI but at Gen Con, and then this year's EI was twice the size or larger, I could see that being the case. But again, it's all... I don't know what the metrics were because they also did specifically say that, that it wasn't meeting expectations. Well, what the hell were those expectations? Well, like, I don't want, I don't want to, I, I don't want to compare things to magic because it's not fair. Agreed. But, but, I mean, PAX East probably had magic players. Not that sure it didn't happen, but PAX South had more than 12 magic players. I mean, like, the numbers are like you said, astronomically larger for other things. Yeah. And so we kept making excuses like, oh, the prizes weren't announced till too soon. Oh, organized play was just announced three weeks ago. And those are viable excuses. Yes. But there, it's also Boy Who Cried Wolf. So, like, that's the problem is, like, it only takes somebody, and, and this is, this is, like, this is a much smaller scale COVID, but like all it, like, and I've said this before, like all, it, if we had a monthly event, all it takes is somebody to have a birthday party or a wedding or yeah. they were sick. And like, if that happened to five people, suddenly your 20 person tournament turned into 15. And then the next month, same thing happens again to five different people. And now suddenly you, instead of having 20 people all the time, you only have 15 people all the time. But if you had 50 to start with, and it happened to 10 people, at least you still have 40. Right. It definitely is a, a scaling issue yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Where, And we, we've talked about this because we've been organizing events as well. And just from experience from other games, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you need a critical oh. mass to keep the stone rolling in the direction you want it to instead of the mm -hmm. other direction. Because once it starts going one way or the other... Just sheer inertia keeps it going. I, I said this on Twitter, and again, not to beat the magic dead horse, but I firmly believe that magic benefits just from the fact that it exists at this stage. You know, oh, you, yeah. you, you oh. just 
at any game is going to get compared to that, to Yu-Gi-Oh, to Pokemon, to, you know, and yeah. all of those games are so large and so ubiquitous that you can go to just about any store. There will be a group and there will be enough of a group that you may even be able to attach yourself to a subgroup if you don't like, like if you just have a personal issue with people or you want to play yeah. a different format and there's no risk. Whereas I, and not to get way off topic, but a lot of people prior to this announcement, everybody was all in on all these crazy formats, whether it was Pauper, which is, you know, a legitimate one, some other crazy ones that they came up, which were cool ideas. But the fact of the matter is exactly what you were saying. If you show up and there's a 12 person, what, you know, whatever interval transformers event. And if there was even a slight miscommunication where somebody says, oh, well, I showed up to play this. And it turns out their deck isn't legal for whatever weird format you're concocting or you they showed up with a regular deck and it wasn't, you know, there was some miscommunication. Suddenly a quarter or more of your playing field is now ineligible. And these mm-hmm. are the problems that smaller games encounter that larger games just don't because it's, oh, I messed up. All right, well, I'll go draft with these 10 people instead of playing in the 30-person the Friday Night Magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's just one of the disadvantages from not being the big stack at the table. Yeah. Uh, Which, again, goes back to any missteps with the game at all end up having a significantly larger impact because losing one person from your local group, even for a week, not necessarily like they're, they're giving up the game, could be borderline catastrophic depending on the size. But I do want to state again, clearly the missteps in the larger things like Magic and D&D are still what's hurting the company. Yes. So like those missteps happen everywhere and they aren't usually, they usually just get swept under the carpet, but now they're not because, oh, because now that, that wedding or that person, like that, that, that thing you had is now affecting a huge portion of your player base. Yep. Which is, I can't go to my game store. I can't go to conventions. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay. Everyone go play online. And then all these singles dealers, which are, there are tons of them in these other games, are like, uh, well, now I'm screwed. Yep. So now I can't host my events. I can't. And like, like the, the domino effect is gigantic yep. in those games when something like this happens. So, again, I'm, we're not excusing and saying... Those are like the, the main issue still is those games are also having a lot of issues that cascade, and that's the point. But we're just, you know, pointing out what happens in this situation. But exactly. It, it, I mean it, it's just for, it's for context. Too. What was that? Yeah, it's happening it's happening to them too, is the point. Yeah, exactly. And it's it goes yeah. back to your earlier point about trying to return as the company, return to what's your bread and butter and trying to mm-hmm. supplement that and unfortunately some of the extra stuff gets cut mm-hmm. uh so what you had mentioned four points scott i don't think we touched on all of them there we touched on any so then where do you want to start <laughs> Wait, what's number one on your list that you want to cover so these these to me are the four missteps i found when looking back um at the game and actually like the organized play launch so close to origins isn't even on here, but um, I guess 
I guess one just that's not on here that I will mention is um, honorable mention mistake. The 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 fact that everything had to be backwards, forwards, up and down through Hasbro caused a lot of problems. It was very obvious to me that like everything had to be approved in every single way. If you if like if you, I'm sure if you called, I don't know, if you. Like just to call up the Energon Invitational probably had to be approved by seventy-five people. Yeah. Um. So anything they wanted to do probably just had to be approved so much that it just slowed down everything at all time. Like any Absolutely. any seemingly easy decision, like we're gonna have organized play, probably had to be approved by somebody that's like, "You want to do what? I don't understand this. Explain this to me." Yeah, you're you're gonna have to walk into a boardroom and explain to somebody who may understand toys, maybe not even that. They may just be doing the crunching the, the business numbers. And yeah, I'm sure that conversation was exceptionally strange. And so even though it was within the same subsidiaries, it that did slow things down. I mean of I, course. I, that's not I, that seems rather obvious to me that that yeah. was an issue. No, you're absolutely um, but but in game things that I noticed that were a problem like so again this was not a profit issue, just just everything rolled into one. Like to me, to me, just Rise of the Combiners is just terrible. Um, Rise of the Combiners had so many problems; it's like not even funny. Like it took forever to come out. Um, the game was very popular during Wave One. Rise of the Combiners took forever to come out. Um, it was still very popular when it hit the streets. I think we had one of our largest events ever, like the first time that it was actually legal. Yeah. But like, as you take a step back and start to really assess what it, how deep the set, how, well, when you, when you look at how deep the set was, the answer is not very deep. Um, yes and no. I mean, not to break your train of thought, because mm-hmm. we did talk about this offline. I've been mulling it around. Yeah. I, I, where you're, I think you're going to go with it, mostly because we talked about it before, is I think there was depth to the set strategically to some extent, maybe even in line with some of the other sets, but the rarities they were at allowed, you know, when we talked about it, like aerial bots being commons, Sentinels being relatively easy to acquire, which is great from a player perspective, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're pushing a whole lot of boxes. No, and and Drew has mentioned this on interviews that like, he specifically said he wouldn't have made the rare combiner team that bad if he had to do it over again. He said that in an interview. So that to me says whatever that what we're saying is very obviously the truth. Like, yeah, there were a lot of mistakes in my opinion made in that set. All four super rares are awful. Yes. Um, a large swatch of the rares because five of them are the Dinobots are unplayable on their own or part of the combiner team. That that um, like. And again, not to break your train of thought, but yeah. it's mind-boggling to me that the... I have to imagine the conversation with the Dinobots went down like this. Okay, we ha- we're we going to include Volcanicus. They're the Dinobots, so they have to be rare. But on the lore side, I have yet to meet anyone who gives any sort of damn about Volcanicus, like, at all. At no point have I ever met somebody who go, you say, do you like the Dinobots? And their response is something to the effect of, yeah, I love those combiners. No one says that. So if that's the case, so you're taking a, you're not getting the, the Transformers fan people because like they're not excited about them being a combiner. You're not getting 
the TCG people because the cards are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't... That one just... It's completely beyond me as to how that happened other than somebody said, yeah, the Dinobots have to be rare. Yeah, and then when you think about it logically, like, Wave 2 didn't build on Wave 1. Like, you didn't have, like... Like, let's look at the Insecticons that are in Wave 2. Are they playable? The answer is no. Right. Um, well, I mean, even if they like, were playable, they if you're saying building on Wave 1, like, if Bombshell right, was playable, it was a totally different thing from right. Wave 1 Insecticons. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit what they wanted to do. Like, why couldn't you just make one Dinobot that was, like, I don't know, cost whatever would have fit on the team better and was better. Like doesn't every other game does that, right? Like, like a lot of team based games, like, like mm. versus, for example, will do that. Like, like in the first go round was like, okay, we're going to give you one guy from an old, from another team. Yeah. The legacy it, cards. Yeah. That makes it like, and they didn't do that. Like the only, like at all, I don't think that was playable. Well, to your point, there wasn't a whole lot that was playable, so there weren't very many options to pick from. Right. I mean, I obviously people are going to recall aerial bots. They're going to recall Sentinels, and they were defining decks for that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pre-cycled. just what was that? Yeah. I mean, to some extent, I don't know that I can expect more than two decks on opposite ends of the archetype spectrum out of any given set. Like. It, it would be great to have five new decks that it's at least in my experience up to this point, that's not very common for that to happen. It's usually carry forwards and then like a couple more. Let me ask you a question. Should the set be called rise of the combiners or rise of the combiner like one that was playable? Like, like how does that make any sense? Well, that I agree with. I would have loved for more of them, but that's also to be honest, like if the standalone cards in wave two, I think were better. The fact that only one... What was that? The battle cards or the characters? Both. So if the standalone cards that were like the non-combiner cards all around Mm -hmm. the board, if those were better in larger quantities, Mm -hmm. I think it still would have been fine because at least for me personally, I went in expecting there's probably only one combiner team that's playable. It turns out there were two. One that doesn't ever really combine, so I guess that one doesn't count. But I... I'll be honest, I went in not expecting better than that. I expected more out of this set in general. You know, like, at least, the like you said, the battle cards or the super rares or pick something. Something else had to help buoy it, but there wasn't, to bring it back to the original point, I guess there just wasn't enough to say, hey, everybody, go buy a shit ton of Weave 2. And I, I think one aspect that you mentioned mm. is something else that I think can be expanded on is... And I'm going to get into this later in another way, but, like, they were very proud of the fact that, like, Flame War was good and playable, and Demolisher was in the set. Like, these characters that people don't know. Yeah. But then, like you said, Volcanicus, uh, Dreadwing, uh, Optimus Maximus. Like, when you think Combiner, are these what jump out to you? No. Like, it's it, it just... <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, I, if I were doing it, because, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing, but, like, from a lore perspective, I would have done bottom up and said, these are the good cards. These are going to be the popular cards because they're the most powerful. Like, did, popularity isn't only driven by power level, of course, but that's a contributing factor. 
and then have your have at least an even amount of obscure and known quantities at that level. You know what I mean? I guess we got that with Optimus Maximus and the aerial bots because one people knew and the other one I don't know if anyone cares about. I just don't I just don't think you needed to do that. And I think they in, in that situation, I don't think you needed to do that. They probably could have taken a set off because I agree in wave one it's great, but you have a bunch of individual characters. So right. by definition, you're you're hodgepodging it together. Right. If you're playing combiners, your whole team has I mean, the way the mechanic works, the whole team is there. So you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room. So I agree with you there that there, there's a number of things with Wave 2 that could have gone differently. Yeah, and I just think the depth of it wasn't there. I mean, I had fun playing with it, and it sold well. It sold fine. Again, it was profitable, quote-unquote. Hmm. Um, and it has very good battle. It has a subset of very good battle cards. Yes. Um, but I think the fact that it took forever to come out, all these other factors that we talked about, the fact that it took a very fan-friendly mechanic and didn't do it very well, I think, was a problem. Well, if the... I mean, you you brought it up a minute ago. It's called Rise of the Combiners, and I I don't have anything to back this up, but it definitely felt like the consensus was people weren't quite comfortable with the Enigma mechanic. Yeah. I mean, I liked it from a... Like, I read the comics. It was cool to have the Enigma of Combination mentioned. Uh, I If we had the opportunity to ask Wizards, I now that we have Stratagems, I'm confident they would say, yeah, Stratagems would have been a better way to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but it is what it is. What? It, good. That's only number one. Yeah, I was about to say, what's number two? We we, we got a lot to go through. So, so then I have on, a show after this. <laughs> so this is on record. Um, all those subset things were awful. The Metroplexes, the Devastators, the starter sets. Yeah. Awful so how, Scott, specifically? I mean, their sales were awful. We've been told that. Yes. Uh, again, in interviews. Um, so let's see. I'll give Metroplex a pass because the card is big, although they found ways to put those in the boxes anyway, so they probably should have just done that to begin with. Um, I'll give them the pass on that because I think that's hindsight. It, given how yeah, poorly it did, Like I think, I honestly think trying Metroplex and even the later ones as those standalone products where it's like this would muck with the set somehow, Obviously, they found a way around it, but I think it's worth trying initially. It obviously didn't work, but well, the problem with the problem with Metroplex is the same problem I said before. Like, you have a set that is self-contained, doesn't have any legacy cards to it, so like that's the problem. And the problem with Metroplex, Metroplex, yeah, there's no reason to get them. The battle cards don't interact in any way with any other cards. Now they tried to fix that later, which we'll get to where the battle cards were better and more universal. But that was the problem with Metroplex. Yes. You technically never needed it unless you wanted to play Metroplex. Correct. So, okay. Um, then you have... The starters are the starters. I, I guess the second starter was better than the first, but who cares? Like, it's fine. Like, That's another that one where I feel that? like, it, it, from a TCG perspective, it's like, well, there's got to be starters, right? Yeah, it's Sort fine. of thing, so... But yeah, I don't know what the sales anticipation or projections were for those, but I'd assume they didn't do fantastic. So then we get to the Constructicons, and boy, are they awful. (laughs) I just, 
Jesus. I I wanted Devastator to be good so bad. I mean, I think everybody did. Any Transformers fan is like, yeah, I want to play dead. Like, that was one that, if it hit, at a, it, it, not even necessarily at a competitive level, like, just a, 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 it was a solid deck, I think it would have done well. No, it needed to be at a competitive level. Every well, single I agree. One, every single one of these sets had to be at a competitive level because you had to buy them. So, like, in other games I play, specifically mobile games, I'm just going to use this as an analogy. Yeah. I play gacha games, which are, like, Japanese RPG games, right? So I usually wait until I see YouTube videos on, does that new, does that new unit, is it good, before I go out and try to get it, because I can't just buy it because it's a gacha game. Yeah. But before I try to just go get it. So what is my proof of concept that this happened? So where's your proof of concept, Devastator? Anywhere? Ever? Like, how do you make the number? How do you, when somebody says combiner to you in Transformers, is it not Devastator? I mean, it was in the movie, right? Like badly, but even it was in the one of the movies, right? Exactly. I mean, it was in it was in uh, not the '86 movie, like the Michael Bay, Bay movies. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Technically, it was in two if you count the 2007. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not, we're not talking about that. No. Uh, G1 based that was like the cartoon video game like he was very big in that um he was obviously very big in the cartoon even i think through season three he was mm-hmm. in he was in everything we've seen it's it's the first instant i remember as a kid like oh my god this combiner mechanic like yeah he, you know in the in the in the comic it was like in all hell megatron it's because they had the Gestalt, like that, like the combiner, like that was yeah. like a big deal. Yeah, like they, like it was always devastator, and the cards are terrible. I just, I mean, awful. <laughs> it is even at I, the I, time, even at the time, and that's the so we'll. Uh, sorry, Scott, I don't mean to keep oh, interrupting yeah. you, but we we'll get into this later. That obviously there, this was a new thing. Like, you look at Transformers TCG, just the way the game works, and then you look at Magic, and they're worlds apart. Yeah. Like, so, I will give the team a pass that, you know, getting, to some extent at least, getting used to their own game mm-hmm. kind of thing, and learning how this, like, you could be an expert at making Magic cards, and then, okay, go make this other game that's totally unrelated, with totally different rules and stuff, and you're getting mm-hmm. thrown into the deep end. But even at the time, it's just like, man, this is so bad. And then when you, and this is the part we'll get into later with the design shift of, you compare anything there to Siege 1, Siege 2, Titan Master Attack, it's like, holy crap, what happened? It's again, like, worlds apart. It might as well be a different game. It's it's like, we're going to see this obscure mechanic that happened in... A, G, uh, a season two episode and focus our entire team around that from a lore perspective that we're going to have this sub game where we build a tower and all. And it's like, no, how about you just make them good? Well, I think well, all of that could have been fine if they were still good. Like, I don't mind the hoops and I don't mind the extra. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have it more streamlined. But even if it was this first generation combiner where it's you have all these extra hoops and you have all these extra bells and whistles and and knobs and levers and and things that you got to accomplish, like mini quests in the game. But the payoff better damn well be worth it. But it felt it felt bad to me because like 
you're like, yeah, everybody's going to want Devastator again for all the reasons I just said. Yep. Because it's 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 the it's the guy. It's the Paragon combiner. Let's yes. Not maybe not for a power level, but like it's the one that everybody thinks about. Of course. So all right. So we can sell it as its own set. Yep. Everyone's going to buy it. No problem. Don't make it suck. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this so hard? Yeah. I mean, to your point earlier, they kind of we got more generic battle cards. I mean, for a while, yeah, everybody was yeah. super high yeah, on work overtimes and stuff. Yeah, two of them see play, and that's that's yeah. that's a better step, and that's a step in the right direction. Correct, and I think maybe that would have been fine. So, if we assume the dev, the whole Devastator thing worked out and it was actually competitive, having only quote unquote two cards in there probably is. I mean, you'd always want more as a player, but it's acceptable as opposed to Metroplex where it's like, well, you're it's just enough. host. Yeah, so we could keep going on about that, but that's enough. Yeah, um, so what's point number three? So now, we, so now you have, well, no, well, there's more of them. Now you have Blaster vs. Athlete. Oh, so oh now, okay, okay. Now you have another, apparently, from what we've been told, like, printing mistake to where... The 30th edition one, which I think was supposed to be the San Diego Comic-Con thing, because we, as we told them early on, it's totally fine to have exclusive product that's different art. Yeah. Just Absolutely. not mechanically different. Correct. But, but it came out first. So why would you ever buy... Like, so it was legal upon... Everyone would think it was legal upon release. Mm-hmm. They were available at San Diego Comic-Con. They were available at Gen Con. And then a month or two later, you came out with the regular one that just had different art. To be honest, I, didn't, that? I, didn't, that? I was considering because I do like some of the art on the, the non-30th edition better, but sure. I honestly, I didn't see it anywhere. I just, I think all the stores said, well, why would I get that? Or they right. looked at it, the, the Devastator and Metroplex set and go, well, I don't want another 20 of these sitting on shelves for a thousand years. So, And I think, I mean, you could still buy the Blaster Soundwave on the Hasbro Pulse, so the 30th edition one, 30th anniversary one. So like, I think that, I think that one is technically more expensive than the other one. I'm sure it is by like dollars. 10, 10 15 yeah. bucks. I think I think the other ones, I think it's 50 and the other one's 35 or something like that. Jesus, 50 bucks. Get out of here. We spent that on them. We have, we, that's what we spent on them. Yeah, I know. But like, if you could get, the $30 one, like you said, unless you really want the art, I don't know, whatever. No, no, my point is the new one was cheaper. Yes. But everybody already had the old one, so why did they need, they didn't need the new one yes. at all. Correct. Um, It was just, that was just bad. Like, there was just absolutely no, like, there's just no, I mean, I buy collections, I used to buy collections <laughs> all the time, and like, I can tell you that the number of 30th, 30th anniversary Blastoverse Soundwave cards that are in someone's collection is is ten times the amount of the of the new artifacts. I mean, what could they have done? Just not do the second one, you think, or just make the first one more scarce? Uh, just not do both of them. <laughs> well, but, I mean, they wanted to do it. I assume there was some push to make the thirtieth one. Like it had to exist for that reason. Just put Blast Reverse Soundwave the cars in the regular set and have the thirtieth edition be alternate art. Why did you have to make another standalone set? That would work. That's where I was going with it, is like prompting the alternative ideas. Um, 
I mean, that, was, that one I just can't defend at all. Like, I just don't understand that one at all. Like, why did you have that choice? I don't get it. Uh, mechanically, mechanically the same, art different, but the cost of making them, because it's a nice box and all that, just bad. Yeah. I don't know. That's Unless like, they really thought it was going to be is the previous year with the initial Slipstream pack, the SDCC pack, if they thought it was just going to sell out left and right because of an explosion of players, and then they would have to have the retail version in order to allow people to purchase it sort of thing. Clearly, that isn't the case. <laughs> no. So that from... So I think all the subsets were a mistake. And I, they've admitted that. Yeah. Now, there's one more that is probably a sensitive topic, but, like, I, I don't know whether this was a mistake or not because I think it's great value, but, like, I don't know if Energon Edition was a mistake or was the right thing. I don't have an answer uh, that one, I mean, when we first talked about it on the show way back when, when it was announced, I mean, as a Transformers fan, as a Transformers collector, I just had no desire to buy that thing, like, at all. I have six in my basement, if you'd like to have them. <laughs> just in case I change my mind. I mean, now, I'll, I'll be honest, like, now that, obviously, prices will be decreasing for the foreseeable future, until they uh, stabilize. Well, yeah, I, I was going to see if maybe some of those got cheaper, but it's just, I I don't know who that was necessarily, it sounds logical in the abstract of we'll make a collector's edition thing with alternate arts, with these nice cards, this cool looking box and these dice and all the stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I want to play the game. I just don't, I don't know. It just seemed out of, out of price range for, and, and chat saying this also that, if you if you call that a, a whale product, to use the term that they're saying in chat, but I mean, where's my gotcha games? <laughs> yeah, but I know I know the term, even if I don't play those games. But yeah, if if you call it that, I mean, again, we not to compare it to Magic unfairly, but in those other larger games, there you just have more of those people by definition mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who would be willing to do that if you're already maybe not skimming the edge, but you know, you're rapidly approaching the edge for some of these things. It might've been a little too early for that. And maybe it would have been better to take, you know, Dan's winning deck and put it out this year. I mean, obviously it wouldn't have worked, but you know what I mean? Take those and be I like, play with the world champion deck with these cool new stuff, you know, alternate arts. Nobody that nobody said, I don't want this. Nobody said, I don't want alternate arts. No one said, Correct. I don't want cool plastic whatever i mean i are. want it i just don't want it for that much but <laughs> it, it i think the issue is i do think it's great value don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but i think what happened was they said we want to make this cool box we want to make these cool figures i still think the dice are stupid um but so that the cost of doing that is here how do we get the cost how do we can, how can we charge that for six cards and some dice? Oh, I know. We'll put a box of Wave 1 in there as well, which will justify the price someone pays. doesn't cost us that much more to make. But then it's like, like would you have paid $100 for just those cards and the box? Probably not. not me. I mean, me personally, no. I'm speaking as somebody generally, probably not. So like, what, what, 
what cost point for just the alternate art cards? Let's say you didn't own Cliffjumper and Slipstream. Right. Would you have paid? The problem is, is I, th- I think part of... How do I phrase this? The fact that it's bundled was both a boon and an anchor. Because, mm-hmm. so great, you get these promos. You get these Wave 1 iconic characters. Some are playable, some are not. The problem is, is that at this stage in the game, I don't know how many, or at that stage in the game, I guess, how many people there were that wanted all those. Like, yeah, I like certain ones. But if I'm buying me, I'm speaking as, not trying to put this on mm-hmm. everybody. If I want a specific alternate art, or I want a cool keepsake, I want a specific one. I mm-hmm. don't want the whole set because I personally don't care about Cliff Jumper. I know I'm not asking answering your question, but if for that sort of thing, for if I wanted to buy in personally, I want the Nemesis Prime. Mm-hmm. I don't think I care about any of the other cards that are in there, like literally any of them. And that's the problem for me is that it's just there's no point where they could make it and it still be at a reasonable cost for me to buy unless they offered them all as singles, which is not something they're going to do. Mm, they do matter. <laughs> like literally a single card? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know they started doing that, but I know mm-hmm. they, they have all the, you know, the, the big exorbitant reprint sets kind of thing, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize they did it individually. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, if I didn't have Slipstream and, and Cliffjumper, I still don't think I'd care. I mean, yeah, Gen Con, Cliff Jumper got a big bump after Gen Con. Did Slipstream ever have any value to anybody except out of, I just want it? I mean, even early in Wave 1, she wasn't setting the world on fire. Yeah, sure. And then you couple it with, oh, it's Nemesis Prime, who is the, it did have a, a showing at EI to some extent, uh, but was virtually silent in between. I mean, it was very good at the beginning of the game. Right, it, between when he was really on fire and then shows up at EI, like, in between. Yeah, Origins sideboards. Origins was huge in sideboards. Right. Living Weapon, Battlefield Legend, a lot of these, I don't know, it feels like a lot of these cards you already had, so unless you really, really liked it... Yeah. it I, mean, I, think it was a, I think it was a good product. I think it was worth the money, but I am a so. I can't I can't deny that it's worth it. Like the value is obviously there and I understand why it costs what it costs. But even box aside, like the cards mm-hmm. they produce and how they made them, and I thought it was like it looked spectacular when I saw it in person. It actually tempted me to buy one. And then I realized, do I do I really need these? Like That's why I said I can't judge that. I can definitely judge the other subsets as being awful. Yeah. And being mistakes. But I don't know if that was a mistake. I think, it, again, if it was tied to Dan's winning deck, if it was tied to a larger swath of the sets, or, I don't know, it came out later, just flatly. Like, if it came out now, literally, like, today on July 23rd, and there wasn't COVID or something, maybe that makes sense. But then mm-hmm. those those characters and stuff would be even worse than they were then, so... I guess that wouldn't have worked either. I don't know. So that was point two, subsets. So what do you got for three? Um, 
I think this. I think three and four might be the same thing. I don't remember. So I so we'll, we'll count the Hasbro thing as one, and we'll just say this is four. Okay. Um, but I think I wrote down. You three promise the people four points, Scott. Come I on. think these are kind of the same point. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. So, well, no, I guess they're different. Um, I think in any character-based game, and this goes all the way back to like the original Star Wars games and things like that. I think the power level of the key characters, not name Optimus Prime, wasn't weren't good enough. It was almost embarrassing, is how I would state it. Mm-hmm. How some of them are. It, it it's a meme that every set we get a tier one Optimus. I mean, obviously Titan Master. I guess Titan Master's Attack Standing, and the Starter Optimus or something. And, but every set we get oh, an atrocious oh. Megatron. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's just the bad Megatron. I think. Oh, like, no, I, I was just using that as an yeah. example. I agree with you across the board on that. Like, a lot of the flagship characters to me are just bad. Like, name me a playable Starscream. Name me a playable... Um, so, like, to me, there's playable Bumblebees. There's playable Optimus Primes. Um, no Starscreams are good. No Megatrons. Are, and I'm talking about at the, at the tournament level, of course. No Star Screams. Obviously, yeah. No Megatrons. First Shockwave, bad. Um, it's funny, the most playable that he was was like completely ignoring the text where he's just, I'm a body. Yeah, that has I have three, I have three defense. Yeah. yeah, I have three defense. Yeah. Um, Dinobots, not really, especially once people start to understand the game a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like these flagship characters just aren't good. Like, and it's 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 just bad. It's just not. It's just not a yeah. good idea. I think it's fine to have the obscure. Like you had mentioned, Flame War earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine to have Flame War be the, this oddly ubiquitous character. Like nobody came in and goes. Oh yeah, Flame War is definitely going to be a tier one character. Like that literally never crossed anybody's mind. Well, I guess outside of Wizards, I'm sure one of them thought of it. Uh, but how do you? It, it, we said this way back when the game was announced. It's like I'm going to build an Optimus Prime deck. I'm going to build a Starscream deck. I'm going to build a Shockwave deck. When Soundwave and Devastator and all these other characters show up, oh, okay, Soundwave, there's another one. Yeah, it, they're. I'm going to build these decks. Now, don't get me wrong. Wheeljack is definitely a a fan favorite, but I I don't know if he's necessarily the... that he should have been more prominent over Grimlock. I don't know. I agree with the the point that... How do you make some of the... These are the characters that not only everybody remembers, but... I, I would venture to guess a huge chunk of the Transformers fans rally to. And just some of them are just horrendous. And not every version needs to be insane. And and that's no. not that way in every, in every single other game. But this is not. just like, this is just like, come on. Like, at some point. It's, get it right. I mean, to be fair, if, you know, Shockwave was in the first set, he then showed up again in set three. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. That, okay, well, he had a bad version. I'm surprised that he showed up again that quickly, but I'm glad he did and he was he was strong. 
How do you go through every single set and we've yet to hit a Megatron that's setting the world on fire? I don't have an answer. Uh, I know. It's just rhetorical. It's just it's just strange that and I assume and this is again just to for everybody out there, it's speculation. I assume the conversations are as in the design meetings or as they're play testing were something happened that put them off of oh well tanks in wave one were just beating the snot out of everything. So they killed a bunch of the stats on Demolisher, Dark Mount, Megatron, whatever. And then said, we can't do this because it hunkered down and just blows people out kind of thing. And it, it maybe that stuck with them and then it continued through every wave there throughout so it never got past it? I don't know. I mean, I think this gets to what happens. Like, this, this is the group thing that happens in a small team. And I think, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't say why things happen. I just think they did. And that's just oh yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. just venting some frustration because that is. I mean, going back to the article I wrote when I was feeling it at the end of wave one, and then I don't think the article came out until wave three was was about to be released or something. But my biggest issue with the game, and one of the biggest things that caused me to not enjoy games to this day, is the fact that the it, you're a an IP based game. And the characters, and there are a lot of them that I like. It it took so long where I'm waiting. Finally, I get my sound wave. There are two of them. Both of them suck. Mm-hmm. Like, and it it was the same for other characters where it's like, oh man, I hope this guy shows up, and it's just a kick in the balls every time. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate. So that's when I I personally shifted more into all right i need to focus on organized play and the enjoyment i get out of tournaments because the characters that i wanted to play or were becoming attached to or were attached to just they just flatly couldn't cut it yeah and I, it's not a fanboy thing i think it's a i think it's a mistake in an ip pace game to do that well for because growth of, reasons because people, yeah because of people like you yeah. Like, I don't really care, quote-unquote. That stuff doesn't really 100% matter to me. I think from yeah. a marketing perspective and from a game design perspective, it was a mistake. I agree, because if you want the crossover with Transformers fans, right. you got to do this. And it, while the obscure characters are great, and I, I really do appreciate the deep cuts when the Flame Wars, the Demolishers, the whoever show up, let's say you bring in a new fan and they go, I really love Flame War. Where does she show up? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Like, what? Or you're going to say Demolisher. It's like, yeah, watch this cartoon from 20 plus years ago. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not 20 plus, but you know what I mean? It, it's, whereas you, it, at least if they picked minor characters from the relatively recent cartoon, it's like, oh, well, this cartoon's two years old, but go watch that and this guy has these episodes. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Armada. I don't know. Yeah, and the last thing which I remember is I like, and this is a, a corollary to that, but it's not specifically about certain characters. I just don't think enough chances were taken. And this kind of I, I just don't think. I mean, they took some chances. We just <laughs> enumerated. Well, them. No, I mean, in terms of in terms of card power level. So, like, I would rather yeah. have a game. I would rather have a game in every like, not like epic, but like. Where, where a lot of cards are... Epic the game, people, for whoever yeah. doesn't understand. Yeah. Like, 
a lot of cards are powerful and you just need to find a way to use them best instead of this character is clearly better than this one so you will never play this one because this one exists and like i just think there was just too much of that i i thought you were gonna gonna yeah whole... i thought you were going to go a different way with them being very cautious about new mechanics and very cautious about introducing the new pips and things like that. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I agree with. It, it's, mm. it's, it's the, it's like the, how many way one character still see play type of situation because you didn't push the envelope enough with them overall. Yeah. Like, the, well, they did for a long time. I mean, they've now, and we were talking about this earlier, the the stats have just increased to the point where now I I think they finally were hitting that stride of being able to push things, and now there's no more time. <laughs> but I don't I I think I think the cream rose to the top. I don't really know the phrase like the cream rose to the top, but it's it wasn't a very thick coffee cup. It wasn't Fair. the cream didn't have long to travel because you were like uh, starter Ironhide versus Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend. Hmm. Let's think about this. And it's like, and and this again, like, and even then in Wave One, they were still light years better than it was in Wave Two, as we already as we were discussed. Yeah. So like, so like now you went what six months to nine months of the game, this life cycle where you were just basically playing the same decks because you had established what the most powerful things were. Because again, this is better than this. So like, you're still never going to play this because we already established that Wave Two sucked. Like to me, a lot of this yeah. cascades from Wave Two sucking. Can't tell. Um, I mean, yeah, the first true breath of fresh air, I guess, especially after sideboarding was introduced, was the next set. See, yeah. So, so I just, I just don't think they took enough chances. I think they were too conservative with their card design. From a character again, from a character perspective, um, battle cards to me are just tough because I don't really feel like you can just one give me more power than another. I don't really care. To me, the game is all about the characters, and so like most of my focus is on the characters. Of course, I, I just feel like I mean, that was their own st- from their mouths that they wanted the, yeah. the characters to drive the game, even if really in the background the battle cards were. You had to have the flash on the character cards. But I believe the way they created the battle cards was extremely intelligent. There have always been ways of, like, oh, if combiners get out of control, hey, remember Photon Bomb and Strafing Run from last set? Like, there was, they always were very good with battle cards of building in ways of, of adapting your deck to establish, to, like, deal with a meta. I thought that was always very well done. Yeah. Characters, though, no way. Just absolutely just not created, not taking chances well enough. And yeah, so... I can get behind to, that idea. Like I, just, like I said, the cream rose to the top in a very, not very big coffee cup. Not the type of coffee cups I drink, so... <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I can get behind yeah, that point. It's not something that I've, I've truly thought about in that perspective, but it is, I, like, actively. But it's definitely something that I've recognized over time, because you're absolutely right. It's these characters are going to coexist and are going to always exist because there's no way to displace them barring 
something actually replacing them. I guess they could have gone, to your point, taking more chances, just make things more super narrow so that that way, okay, well, this character's super powerful, exactly. but only exactly. in this deck. Exactly, and that's like the Insecticon thing. That's yeah. the characters that are underpowered have only seen play in decks like that. Right. Where the other characters specifically worked because of them. That's the whole point. Like, that's the only time that any understated character has really rose to tournament play is because they were part of, like, a combination of things. Like, we're not a combo deck, per se, but, like, they have in that situation as well. But, like, because they were a, a six-cost Insecticon or they were a six-cost Dinobot, like, there was a reason for that. And I think they should have gone with that route more than they're a bad six-cost plane. Like, I mean, another, we that, did want six-cost planes for a while, but yeah, why make them bad? I, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, to me, I, I think they just didn't push the... I just didn't push the envelope enough. Like, why did Starscream Air Commander not count, not, not count himself? Like, why did... Why, why couldn't he? Why was that so broken? I like, mean, to be fair, that one's in Wave 1, so like I said, I can give them a pass on some of this stuff because, again, it was just... this is a, It's not a game that you can go, oh, well, this is a Magic clone, effectively, like so many yeah. games out there are, and you can go, well, Magic messed up by doing this, and we're close enough, so we'll do that instead. This game is wildly different enough and outside people's wheelhouses that I could see where... And it kind of plays into what we were just talking about, where they, they took a very cautious approach across the board. But mm-hmm. I agree with you that for this, if if it's an IP-based game, you want people to have that I did this cool thing with my favorite character. And most of the time you can't do that, because most of them are horrendous. Because they didn't push the opposite. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about that one. That kind of sums it up, to be honest. I know that was four, through your four points, Scott, but you had an honorable mention earlier. Do you have any other honorable mentions of, of yeah, mistakes? Okay. I think that kind of hits it. I mean, we're the game. Don't get me wrong. What was it's that? Just a, oh, yeah. Hey, I know we've been bashing. Okay. If you made it this far at like an hour and 45 in or whatever this will edit down to, we're not bashing it. It's just these are the natural conversations you have. Well, it went wrong. Where did it go wrong? Why did it go wrong? And I think there are, especially in hindsight, clearly identifiable mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one conversation that I had on this topic with uh, with Matt Smith at, at Gen Con or EI. I want to say EI because I remember getting him to autograph my blaster at EI. But I said something to him and we were talking about the Pokemon TCG. And I said, I love the Pokemon TCG as a mechanical game. I think it is spectacular. Like, I love playing it because it's like playing vintage or type one magic. It is that super powerful in certain formats where everybody has multiple Wheel of Fortunes. Everybody has multiple ancestral recalls. And you can do all these insane things. It's a lot of fun. My issue that I stated to him was, well, it's <laughs> no, well my, because of the way they handle Pokemon. Like, I like the Pokemon actual video games as an RPG. And I have certain favorite Pokemon. And inevitably, they suck. 
because there's there, a there's a billion of them now. So you in the course of the card game, you can't get them out. And I said, it's unfortunate they never take the fan favorites and make them the actually powerful tournament cards. And I'm paraphrasing his response, not put words in his mouth, but it essentially was, well, that's the, and I segued it into Transformers. I'm like, well, why aren't, why wasn't the original three Insecticons, like, why wasn't Bombshell part of the Insecticon team instead of two no-name Insecticons? Or why wasn't uh, the, the Starscreams and stuff pushed harder? I used other cards as examples. And his response, similar to Pokemon, was, this lets you push those other characters. Those characters are going to be your favorites anyway. Because they are coming in. Now you can generate a new favorite. Because you get attached to the card and then go the other route to... You know, like, you, you go look up where Flame War showed up in canon. Where Demolisher appeared. That sort of thing. Which I can understand if there was a Flame War card... A Flame War toy that was coming out. But there wasn't. So, like, why were you trying to cross-market... Well, I mean, I don't know how much that applied to everything. You know what I mean? Like, how much that that train of thought pushed things, but obviously it, it would play in, and I, I certainly understand that. I don't agree with it, because I would rather just, okay, pick random no-name and elevate them, but also make sure that the guys that are already popular are hitting on all cylinders. I mean, that to me is the shamrock shake analogy now within the cards instead of just outside the cards. Which like part? You, if I want to push flame war, it's like pushing the shamrock shake. Yeah, like it's great for when it's there, but you still need the fries and the burger and the and the chicken McNuggets. Oh, well, I, I, yes. <laughs> I, but my point not, is, is like, you don't stop doing the shamrock shake. You can still do it, but you got to make sure that the, you know, mm-hmm. the bread and butter is there. Um, I just think from a regular character perspective, that's not true. Because we had things like, you're not going to have Battlemaster Optimus Prime. You're not going to have, like, I mean, I guess we do have Titanmaster or Headmaster Optimus Prime. But I mean, like, we weren't going to have, you know, you weren't going to have, you weren't going to have Battlemaster XYZ. You weren't going to have Titanmaster XYZ. So, mm-hmm. like, by definition of when you have, like, you weren't going to have, com- you have Combiner Optimus also, but I mean, like, you weren't going to have... You got to get off of Optimus because he, he yeah. covers everything. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there are certain characters that weren't going to, weren't going to show up in certain ways if you were going to push that type of mechanic. Such as Bumblebee. We'll use that as right. an example. Right. So, like, what's the big deal? Because you that wasn't going to happen anyway. I don't so, know. Like, so, like, you were going to get, quote, attached to other characters because they're in your decks... Because they're not that type of card. Uh, I see Fire Drive at Target. I, I, Fire Drive at, I see Fire Drive at Target. I couldn't tell you what the hell his backstory is. He was in my deck at, at, at Gen Con. I still don't know who the hell he is. It, nobody else could tell you either. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I I tell you, I can tell you, Hammer. No, Smash Down. I always call him Hammer Down. Uh, the promo one. He mm-hmm. comes with a cool effect that you can stick on the toy. I don't know anything about Spam, but... Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a weird... I I would like to debate him on that. I th- Well, I mean, it, like I said, it came up in the context of Pokemon. Po- which, <laughs> again, it's the same thing, but we're also talking about they may have the luxury that 
everything Pokemon is so unbelievably enormous that mm-hmm. they can afford to do that because who cares? So, um, because the, the people who are just going to play for attachments are going to play it and there will be enough competitive players, enough casual players and stuff that you can do whatever the hell you want, basically. Um, so I hope people found this part valuable. I don't know. It's just, it's just a way of coping, I think. But yeah. Like, I just want to say that, like, I mean, we 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 tend to make everything through rose. I don't I don't want people to think we were always through rose-colored glasses. So I, I think it's important to to understand that there. I think these were factors that that ultimately. I don't. Again, I do not think they were the major factor, but I do think that they didn't help. Well, they didn't help. The combination of it is not going right. to spell anything good. It so, was it was again like, uh, like we said other games make mistakes and things like that and they get absorbed um, into the larger picture. These mistakes may have cascaded to to force it to stay small to where it got to this point. So right. I, I, they're, not, they're not direct. It's whatever. It's not it's not direct correlation, but it's like peripherally stuff. Makes sense. And that is the conclusion of the commiseration section we'll say folks so please stay tuned for part two where scott and i move into the topic of what the verse team is planning to do moving forward now that the transformers tcg has officially come to an end as always everyone thank you for listening thank you for watching and black lives matter